So this, this Shabbat um, in our cycle is called Shabbat Nachamu. Anybody know what Nachamu means in Hebrew? Comfort, comfort. Um, so I wanted to start out um, tonight and just say that um, um, several people came up to me before the service and said, we got a letter from the congregation uh, yesterday about some changes at the temple. Huh? A few of you got that letter, if you're members of the temple, okay. And so um, uh, after being a rabbi here for the last 18 years, um, I started thinking about, oh, where, where was I when I started out? Think, if you guys could think back to, just for a second, where were you in 1997? <laughs> okay, just think that for a second. So, so when I was some of your ages, um, when I was 29, I started out in 1997 here as a rabbi, and I've been here for 18 amazing years. And 18 is a very symbolic year. It's the year of Chai, the year of life. Um, and through my career here, this is my first pulpit after I was ordained, I've been here for 18 years, and I started thinking in the last few years about um, these projects that I wanted to do, this, especially a very creative writing project that I've been working on that I have not had the time to do. And um, of all people, as a rabbi, I know that life is very, very short. And I thought to myself, well, do I want to put that off until I'm, well, whatever the year is, when I retire, 60, 65, 70, and I said, um, God only knows. And so I asked the leadership of the synagogue to give me the opportunity to stay focused on the things that I really love about the rabbinate here at Emmanuel, but let me um, start being part-time after next year um, so that I could focus on these creative writing projects that I've um, been developing. And so um, as of July 1st um, next year, I'm going to be moving into a part-time role here at the synagogue, but I am devoted. One of the things that I've managed to hold on to, because um, Marsha told me I had to, was I'm um, still leading the late Shabbat um, and being a part of the young adult community. So, um, and I have to say, I really um, thank our senior rabbis, the singers, and our board, one of whom's here, Rachel. Thank you so much for your support of um, making a really tremendous life change. And uh, I just have to say that, you know, I'll admit it, I turned um, 27 yesterday. And <laughs> it was my birthday yesterday, I turned 48. And um, there's no time like the present if you are on the precipice of something. Um, and it's not that I was unhappy here at all. Um, but I really started desiring to do things outside of the walls of the synagogue. So if you have that feeling about anything in your life, um, today really is the beginning of the rest of your life. And if you're at that precipice where you want to make a change, I embolden you and, and invite you to step into a place of being courageous. Um, even if you think it's too much for you, um, change starts incrementally um, and it gets better and it opens up. And I know that change is difficult for individuals and for institutions, but I have a lot of faith in the future of the Jewish people a lot of that faith comes from being here with the young adult community and a lot of faith in where the synagogue is headed, which I think is in, in great directions through many transitions. So um, just wanted to tell you that and that you'll still be seeing me on Shabbat until I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> so uh, my, um, my assistant said to me, what, uh, what are you going to talk about? And I said, I don't know, you know, I just feel like everybody's so focused on, you know, just weapons, weapons of mass destruction, and the world seems to be, and she said, I'd focus on weapons of mass distraction. And I think she was right, weapons of mass distraction. And what I mean by that is, uh, I do really believe that Shabbat is so necessary because we only have 25 hours to tune out from what feels like madness in this world. And I don't know at what point it became that the news is only bad news. The radio, television, pick up the New York Times, it's only bad news. 
and pretty horrific bad news around the world. And it seems that you bounce back and forth, get, getting distracted from something terrible that's happening, and then something else horrific happens. Um, who has heard about those girls in Nigeria? Where are they? I mean, we, we just lost focus, right? 300 teenage girls were kidnapped by the Boko Haram in, in Nigeria. Their um, crime was going to high school, and it was horrific and terrible, and we were all focused, and I did the same thing. I couldn't believe it. It was, and then something else happened. Um, and I have to say that it, it, it is scary to live in a world where all you can focus on is what's going on in the world, and in some ways I feel uh, a little bit of a sense of guilt of being so sheltered here. Um, and between the last late Shabbat and this late Shabbat, I traveled to London uh, for a wedding. And our plane was supposed to take off the morning after the Malaysian Airlines um, flight was shot down over Ukraine. And we woke up and our plane had been canceled. And uh, there, there was a moment when I thought, you know, that it's just a bad, it's a bad feeling. I don't know if I even want to get on a plane and go to London, but it was a friend's wedding. And uh, so we got another flight and we got to London. And when we arrived there, our suitcase got stolen at Heathrow Airport. So who here has ever had something stolen from them? Not just, okay, something. So it wasn't a big deal in the moment that the, the suitcase got stolen, but because I landed in Europe and it seemed like the world was breaking apart, I could not stop focusing on what was in that suitcase. And it almost became like this metaphor for, oh, I can relate in some way to the broken terror that's going on in the world because people are losing such unbelievable things like their children and their parents and lives. Um, and somehow I kept focusing on, I can't believe my favorite pillow was in there. My favorite pillow was in there and my, I don't know why I put my favorite pillow in my best pair of shoes. And every day, like when I would go to sleep at night, I would put my head in the pillow and go, ah, this pillow reminds me of the fact that my pillow got stolen. And the morning I'd wake up and I'd be like, I can't believe I have to wear Nikes again. My shoes, like my favorite shoes, got stolen, I can't believe I lost. Like, and so like almost every step and every night I went to sleep, I got reminded of what I had lost. And I am not like that materialistic of a person. I mean, I you know, kind of like everybody else, but it was like, why was I so focused on what was the stuff, the material stuff in my suitcase? It didn't matter that much, but it felt to me somehow like it was connecting me to how powerful it must be to walk around in a, in a place of loss and grief all the time. And it also, I think, was a way of my mind to remind me, like, you can't really be on vacation right now. It was so hard to relax. And it, you know, it didn't help me that on the Shabbos that we were there, there were 45,000 people in the streets of London in an anti-Israel protest. 45,000. That was immense. It was, you know, I've been in rallies with 5,000, 10,000 people feels like a lot, but when there's 45,000 people marching through the streets of London on a Shabbat, um, it's, it's a different feeling. And uh, I really, I didn't know since I was in London, should I go to Israel or should I come home? Should I go to Israel or should I come home? And you know if you're on a vacation, what are you supposed to be doing? Like being present where you are. But it just seemed like a real symbol of the lack of comfort, the lack of sukkat shalom um, in our world. And so when I think about these weapons of mass distraction, I think about the media and I think about, you know, what has become almost propaganda for us and where's our Shabbat? Where is our real Shabbat? This world so desperately needs a Shabbat. So when Shabbat Nachamu comes, the Shabbat where in Isaiah the words are Nachamu Nachamu Ami, um, you will be comforted 
um, my people. The, the word comfort is in the future. As if God is saying there is going to be comfort for humanity in the future, um, but it's only if people start working together so that there can be comfort. And we can't expect God to somehow show up and comfort people who are in pain. Um, I think that there's a great message in the Haftorah which says that we have to comfort one another when we're in pain. We have to extend our best selves to one another. And is there the potential if every single person in this world started thinking about one another and extending their best selves and what we all deserve, which is a little bit of comfort and a lot of Shabbat, um, is it possible? And, you know, I have, I have three kids. I have an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And, you know, someday all of you might have kids in your lives. And when you think about, you know, 20, 30 years from now, what the world will be like, what will they inhabit, um, I think it is up to us. It's our responsibility to stay connected in a way that is productive and brings more peace and comfort in our world um, and not to disconnect when we feel distracted. And so on our path between now on Shabbat Nachamu, there are these seven weeks where every Haftarah we read about consolation and comfort. Um, and this Haftarah says, clear a path in front of you to get closer to God. And I think that message is to say, you have seven weeks between now and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it might feel like the world is literally falling down on us, but as a Jewish people, as individuals, we have our own um, teaching about making peace in the world and that we always pray for peace. We pray for, we pray for the, our brothers and sisters in Israel and we pray for the people in Palestine, that we don't differentiate between um, a hierarchy of who deserves what more. And so I appreciate that you came here tonight um, to add your prayers of peace to mine. Um, and hopefully this is also a place of comfort. Um, I love, Marsha, that you sang the song about um, God make me a sanctuary. And what if every single human being felt that they were holy? Um, it might inspire other people um, to treat everyone in the world as though they were a sanctuary too. Shabbat shalom.